podcast like i do and uh it's called cut to the chase i like that cut to the chase all right here we go you're listening to cut to the chase let me do another one you're listening to cut to the chase how about this is michael rosenbaum and you're listening to cut to the chase um i don't know if yeah it's dan and Lacey. you're listening to this is Michael Rosenbaum. You're listening to Cut to the Chase with Dan Chase and Lacey Lou. How's that? Oh, and um, Mikey likes it. If you like horror, you'll want to cut to the chase. The podcast, that is. I know I want to cut to the chase as soon as possible. And what do you know? Here it comes. And welcome everybody back to another episode of Skip the Lou. I'm Lacey Lou, and today with me, I'm very excited to talk about, it has to be one of my favorite movies of 2023 so far, um, the director of Follow Her, Sylvia Kaminer. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> nice to be here. Thank you for watching the film and asking me to be a part of this. Oh my God. I watched the ending of this movie, which I'm sure we're going to get into, but, um, I, I just had, I had quite, I had too many questions that I could not, not have you on my show. <laughs> All right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, the, the script is actually, um, written by Danny, uh, Barker, who actually stars in the film as well. So yeah. how, how did this collaboration come together? Well, so a friend of mine who was kind of a mentor, a guy named John Gallagher, very well-known New York indie filmmaker, I'd been working, gosh, I'd produced three films for him. And Danny met him Well, she heard about him on a podcast. He was talking on a podcast and she's like, oh my God, he sounds perfect. Because she was looking for a way to get her script made. She'd yeah. written it as a vehicle for herself. So she knew she was going to star in it, but she'd never produced a movie before. So she needed a director that could maybe bring producing or help her. And she went to John and John said, well, Danny thought she was going to be shooting this in like six weeks for a hundred thousand dollars. So she, John's like, well, I'm busy. I'm shooting something, but you should really hire a woman and you should talk to Sylvia Kaminer. And so we talked, I read the script and um, yeah, it was really interesting. So I said, yeah, let's, let me learn a little bit about her. I, I knew I didn't want to make the film for a hundred thousand dollars. That was not enough money. So, and I, and the six weeks thing didn't really sound, you know, feasible yeah yeah um but we hit it off from the get-go and she's very talented and i and i could tell she would be a good collaborator and so we kind of had to trust each other because i had been directing um documentaries and then producing narrative films so it was my first narrative feature as a director and her first starring role as an actress and a writer so we kind of just jumped off the cliff together and said yeah let's just get it done and and We've never really had a, you know, any collaborative problems. So it's been a pretty smooth run. That's awesome. Now you yeah. said it, she wanted to do it for six weeks. How long did you actually end up doing it for? Well, we shot it about, we started shooting it about 13, 14 months later. You know, we workshopped the script for about a year, um, you know, not full time, but, but we worked on it. We talked about it. We brought on um, a dear friend of mine, Judy Henderson, who's our casting director, because we knew especially with her playing that lead that we just had to get the most amazing actor to play Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Um, oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> but, funny. Yeah. Um, Luke Cook. Um, I actually interviewed him last year for another film that he did super charismatic oh, and like yeah. he nailed Tom Brady so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's great. So, so, you know, it was all part of that process, you know, of figuring, working on the script, raising more money, 
um, and then figuring out where exactly. We kind of knew we wanted to film in upstate New York in the Hudson Valley somewhere. So yeah, it's it took us a while. You know, we shot in two different phases and yeah. Where was the shooting location at? Because there's this really cool barn house. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, that was in Saugerties, New York. Um, the Hudson Valley, couple hours, near Woodstock, very near Woodstock. Kind of Woodstock and Saugerties are na- neighboring towns and beautiful little place. Yeah, I stayed up in, gosh, I was up in Kingston for probably a month and a half before we started filming. We filmed, I want to say in March. Um, yeah. That's yeah. Right. And then we filmed again. We filmed the first section we filmed was all the stuff with Luke from from in the script where the Jess character leaves the city to go on this job. So we filmed all of that up until, you know, that the end of that whole segment. Yeah. We filmed first. Yeah. I the location of that barn was just really cool. And like when you said a hundred thousand dollars, I was like, there's no way for what they did at the end of the <laughs> right. movie. Like, right. you know, um, no, it's extremely well shot. Um, you know, and obviously some familiar faces popped up into it for me. Yeah. As well. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Moses. Uh, desperate housewives. Yes. 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 Um, yes. Like and right away. Is- I was like, oh. <laughs> like, so I was, I was in, I was in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. <laughs> yeah. He's great. He was terrific to work with. Yeah, Mark's. Mark's. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Um, I I know that you guys did, you had a festival run. Um, we did. Because um, I had posted that I had just watched it and I was like, that third act is insane. And um, one of my other friends who attends festivals or whatever, he was like, yeah, I'd seen this screen. I can't remember which, com- uh, not convention. Oh, okay. Festival. He's like, I seen it. And he's like, yeah, that third insane, or that third act is batshit. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it's really cool. And it's a movie that like, I want people to follow, you know, like, um, and word of mouth is huge. And so huge for a film like this, it's really everything, you know, just opened few theaters. Um, but really the, the big push is streaming, you yeah. know, all this, wherever you rent or buy movies, it's there. So we're hoping it somehow finds its audience, which is what, not easy. What would you say was your favorite part of filming it? Being your first big, you know. Yeah, yeah. I really like being on location. So it was kind of, it was fun to relocate. And I brought Mr. Squeakers with me, Milo, my cat. Um, And we, you know, first I was in Kingston um, for, gosh, like I said, like six weeks um, in a big house. It was Milo and I, and then the uh, the DP would come to to do some tech, you know, we do shot listing and then the, the production designer and then Danny or Michael and Jay and my producer. Um, so that was fun. And you're just so focused. And then we moved to Woodstock and I stayed with David Dean, who is an ed- a brilliant editor. He did not edit the movie, but he did. He kind of was looking through dailies and putting things together for us. And then Melanie Hall, um, who did does all of our social media and was our coordinator and stills and yeah so it was that's just such a fun process because you're so everything you're doing is so focused and you're not distracted by your daily life so that was really fun and it was also mostly just those two actors um you know we did the scene in the hotel room the tickling scene uh, <laughs> with a great actor justin wilson so that you know that was really fun it was that was probably although you know, shooting in Brooklyn and stuff was fun too, but I really, I, I think that was kind of the funnest part. The, the the best moment for me probably in the whole film was the very last thing we shot of the whole movie was the scene when Jess is in the Uber mm-hmm. and she gets dropped off. It's towards the very end of the movie. The guy who's driving, that's Michael and Jay and our, my producing partner on the film, who you also see a couple times earlier and so for the final shot, I'm hiding in the trunk because we have a GoPro on, on the dashboard and Danny, who is also a producer, is sitting in the back seat. So it's the three producers alone driving through Brooklyn filming and I'm yelling direction from like, you know, <laughs> quite a trunk, like a hatchback, but basically a trunk because it's thing comes down and... Yeah, so that was kind of surreal. And I was like, it's just perfect. We're going to wrap the movie, the three of us, you know, shooting. So, so, so that was New York. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 
fun. I like that you had different locations and um, that, you know, it seems like you were tight knit. And I think that like, when you have a cast that, you know, just kind of gets along, it really does translate onto screen. Cause I watch a lot of these like um, in more independent films mm-hmm. and, you know, you can just tell that they're doing it because of the budget Terry and there's just not right. really any chemistry, unfortunately. Um, but I can look past those things if it's got a good script, but sure. this, this cast had amazing chemistry, Danny and Luke, they were just like so good back and forth. Like yeah. now did, was that, um, Cause they have, they have a lot of dialogue or whatever, but like, did they have like that kind of relationship on set? Like it was very playful and. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Luke, I think, and, and I've heard him since talk about it, that he, you, the thing with him is you kind of never knew if he was in character or not. And we'd never worked with him. So he literally flew in from LA. I had two and a half days of rehearsal with him, you know, and fittings and all of that. And then we were on set. And he's, he's very funny, but he kind of, yeah, he was kind of a little bit reserved and he definitely didn't make it easy for her. I think he was trying to keep that tension of her not really understanding who he was, keep her a little off balance. And then, you know, I was very careful when we were talking about characters, if we were ever together, I never got into any details because I never really wanted them to understand where the other one was coming from. Yeah. Or, you know, what they were thinking or going to do. And, you know, the last, say, 10 or 15 minutes of his performance, you know, there's that huge shift mm-hmm. where it kind of becomes almost someone else. Um, we didn't tell Danny how far we were going to go. You know, I had told him from the very beginning, like, we have to believe your character is capable of anything. Because to keep the tension up, we have to just think like nothing is off the table. And you're and and he totally agreed. And I remember like I think it was the day before we started filming that whole section. He's like, you know, I've been working on some stuff, you know, and I'm gonna take it pretty far. Is that you know? Are you cool with that? I was like, ah, bring it, you know, because I knew I could always bring him in um, if I needed to, which I I only had to a little bit. Um, but you know, he's also a master at improv so a lot of the funniest lines of the movie are his you know those are you know his improv lines like when he's mocking the internet was that improv or um some of it you know I mean when he's you know saying things like you know you have a big ass you know you're running you know foot in mouth like that was all him you know, um, some of that stuff. And when he's really, I don't want to give away too much, but when he's <laughs> kind of dominating her, a lot of that was kind of, you know. Right. No, and I, I thought it was a very interesting dynamic between the two characters because you're kind of going through and you're like, well, which one's going to flip the switch? Right. And um, it really is cat and mouse, um, yeah. you know, and because you're like, oh, she's leaving. So what does this mean? Oh, nope, she's coming back. What does this mean? <laughs> right. Know, like, who Who is the bad guy here? Is there a bad guy? You know? Oh, cool. Well, good. That's kind of what I was really hoping for. Um, also because they're both morally ambiguous, I would say. Yeah. You know, they, they have a questionable... Her, You don't know enough really about him, except at some point you're like, okay, this is not a good guy. But, you know, her, she does some stuff that you're kind of wondering... Questionable moral yeah. motivations. Exactly. You know, and she... Which is easy to do. She goes down that slippery slope of so seeking success that, you know, you're almost grasping it, but you're, you're kind of crossing that ethical line, which I think social media... That's yeah. one of the issues, you know, yeah. is how you behave on social media. I was yeah. like afraid to do this because I'm like at the end, like, am I becoming the, no, like, but you know, <laughs> if you see the movie, you'll understand what I mean by that. <laughs> um, right. No, but um, you actually had some really cool wardrobe uh, styles in this. Um, I have to say the clown mask. Oh, yes. Like that thing was horrifying yeah you know the funny thing about that daryl holmes so i happened to see a picture of that mask on instagram and i was like oh my god i i have to get that mask that is the clown mask 
And I tracked that guy down. I, I think I had seen it in a local art gallery or something. So he was in the area and he ended up playing quasi Kai. He, um, yeah. Quasi queen. He plays the, the person with a big head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And that's his clown mask. Um, amazing. Yeah, no, that clown mask. I wouldn't let it go. I was like, no, 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 there is no <laughs> other clown mask. We have to have that. And so we ended up. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the artwork in the film, I found at a, at a, I was walking in town by a gallery and I saw one of those wacky paintings and you know, the art gallery scene, they're kind of really macabre. Um, and I asked, you know, who's, and it was a local artist. So I tracked him down with my production designer, Noah, and we went to his studio and we like, you know, we used so many of his paintings in the barn and also at the art gallery. Yeah. A little hint of, you know, wait a minute, haven't we seen these paintings before? You know, I don't know that anyone really picks up on that, um, but. That's cool though. Like, I mean, it's important when you're as a director, you pay attention to those kind of details because right. I think, you know, some viewers that do pick up on that really yeah. appreciate it, you know? Um, yeah. I think it's cool. And I, I love that the guy who made the mask is in the movie. I had no yeah. idea, you know, that that's <laughs> yeah. a fun fact. Like It is, I know, yeah. That was one of the ways I think, well, he he's also an actor and a performance artist and amazing, just, yeah, really, really great talent. And I was like, boy, come be this part because we need someone who can, you know, look amazing. And so, yeah, it was like two for one. And That's yeah. awesome. I love that. Like, you never yeah. know, like, what connections you're going to form, you know, and making a film, you really do um, put yourself out there. And that's when you get to right. meet really cool people like that. So that's so awesome. true. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Um, no, I'm sorry. I live by the street. So you might hear oh, gosh, no vehicles from time to time. Um, no, um, I gotta ask about the hair extensions. Um, yeah. Oh, and you know, you mentioned the, the wardrobe and Casey yeah. Black, a, a really talented designer, a costume. She's more of a costume designer. Well, she makes clothing for a living. She has a beautiful line of clothing and she was also a good friend of Danny Barker's. And so she costumed Jess, which, you know, I think she did a great job. Yeah. A lot of funky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Those extensions. Oh man. Um, not not fun, not so much fun working with extensions. Our no. makeup artist, Brianna uh, Nichols. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Especially, you know, the scene where they're they're coming out, I'll just say. Yeah. Um, especially also because Danny was very concerned about damaging her hair. And, yeah, you know, yeah. They, it looks painful. <laughs> yeah. No, I know the performance. Yeah. That was one of those things that was not expected on on Danny's part as to how in a sense violent or visceral <laughs> that was going to be. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, that looked painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, one of the moments that I just thought like, um, you know, paying attention to detail is when, you know, it's towards the end, she's looking at the computer and uh, the profile, you know, um, and one of the things is hair color. It says fake blonde because obviously, like, <laughs> like, you didn't create this profile for right. Like, it just said fake blonde, and I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I thought, um, yeah, it was really, it was really clever and creative throughout the whole thing. Um, did you, was it, was always the, the ending always the same, or did that change no. when you were doing it? It definitely changed. In fact, while we were shooting the first part of the film, you know, all this stuff with Luke, with Tom, we were still discovering what it was really saying. And I don't know that we all ever have the exact same idea, you know, like, um, I don't, you know, is it revenge? You know, like, I think it's so much more than that. It's about needing content for this dark channel more than anything else. They can justify it. But I think to Luke Cook, it was, that was more, you know, so everyone I think almost had their own interpretation a little bit, which was kind of okay because that was the, what they were playing, you know, and that made it honest and truthful for, for them. And so I didn't really, didn't matter to me because that their intentions are what they were playing. So um, but no, so the ending, oh, we had a lot of different versions. 
we were going to shoot more. Some of it came down to we ran out of time with what we could accomplish in that first bit of filming. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, you know, the beauty is we shot that first section, the whole 50 minutes, you know, from 15 minutes in and for 50 minutes, basically. So once we shot that, we kind of knew what we had. And then we had to really design the ending. And I will say that our editor, Alex Gans, was very instrumental in the in those last 10 minutes. Um, and we had just a brilliant um, visual effects team. Um, yeah, Alex Noble and his, his company, you know, Wild Union. Yeah, they're great. They're out of Brooklyn. Really highly recommend them, you know, um, to help make and then you know we even had a had, had a guy named Gerald who did some pre-visualization on on kind of what some of that um other site looked like you know because all of that really helped tell that story on what what this all meant what was happening you know this whole journey she went on you know what the you know what the reason for it was so yeah that all so much that happened in the edit yeah no that that's that's kind of cool because like um you think you kind of know like you think it's over and then it's not and then you think it's right. over again and then it's not and you're like and then like you get this whole other bigger like you think you know what's going on and it's right. another bigger picture and then another bigger picture and you're like it, it's kind of really cool like um I don't know like there's I'll just say when the lights come up you know yeah um like that moment I'm like I freaking love this, you know? And then, yeah. Yeah. and then it just blew my mind for the next 10 minutes, even more because more happens. Cause you're like, okay, well that's, that's even a cool ending, you know, like if okay. it was just to end right there, like, okay, I, I'm in it, you know? And then right. just more happens. And then I think it's the final minutes, like the final frame of the film is where that got me. And it left me all these questions because I love amb amb ugh, I can't talk. So I can't, ambiguity yes and um like I I had my boyfriend watch it with me the second time and um we actually had different scene of opinion on how we thought it ended so Ooh. I thought that was cool so um I don't want to like spoil it um but um do you have a definitive of how it ended in your head well so here's the thing you know we would love to make a part two and part three Okay. So with that in mind, yes, I know how it ends. <laughs> if we get to say make part two and part three, because you will find out. How oh, I ended. hope you do. I know it's really hard. You know. Yeah. We'll see. Um. So, you know, she has a decision to make, and neither one is a good decision. You know, she can either keep things going as they are in a sense, or betray her friend and kind of turn, you know, become Tom Brady and do the same thing, to, you know. And if I had like my personal take, he believes that my boyfriend thought uh, betray the friend. Mine is, I believe uh, herself, you know, right. um, yeah. so that, that's where I'm at. But um, yeah, you know, it's usually 50, 50 at, at some yeah. of the film festivals. We always got asked the question, what does she choose? And I would say, well, what do you think? And it would, it would normally be almost 50-50. Yeah, um, no, I think that's cool though, because like that does set up like an interesting franchise opportunity. Right. And, you know, people are going to be wondering like, cause it could go in either direction. It really could. It could. And it could. it could even go in both, who knows, you know? So like, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. I, um, I love that. Like, that's really creative. I hope you guys get to make it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well if more people if people watch keep watching yeah you know, it's on amazon or wherever you know that'll help so are you guys working getting on like a streaming service or so we are oh yes yes so quiver is our distributor and you know for in the it's a hard time right now for independent film i know people probably say oh no what do you mean there's so many stream streaming channels well yes there are but there's also so many movies and those streaming channels like pay pretty crappy. So unless you get into, and even if you get into Sundance, you know, or South by Southwest, unless you make a big sale right then, it's still not, not easy. You know, we played a lot of great festivals, but we did not play Sundance, unfortunately, you know. Um, so we have a distributor 
the biggest, most important time in the life of an independent film like ours is for people to rent and buy it, like on Amazon or Apple or, you know, and uh, Voodoo, all those typical places, because that helps set the value of it so that then maybe, you know, we are, they are talking to streamers. So will it end up somewhere? We hope so, but it has to do well these first few months. Yeah. And that's kind of where things are, are kind of at right now. And then, you know, that second, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've heard filmmakers. I'm like, wait a minute, they're struggling, you know, and they're saying, oh yeah, you can't, it's almost impossible for an independent filmmaker to make a living making doing only indie films you know it's just it's you know it's a hard time right now but anyway I got to make a movie I'm very happy I feel very fortunate and I'm I'm not stopping you know I have other projects I'm developing and yeah and hopefully Danny and I will work together again on whether it's follow them or who knows follow her (laughs) follow him (laughs) maybe yeah oh I love that um that's really cool um I'm trying to um are you I know we jumped way to the right to the end. <laughs> sorry. Um are you guys gonna be out like on physical media? Like is where can you buy this? Is you know, like- I hope so. We weren't we, you know, we were such a small crew and we didn't, you know, we weren't we didn't do a a, a good job, if I can say, of getting behind the scenes footage and all that stuff is so valuable in putting out a DVD. So we have to get with our distributor because we did talk about it a little bit. And they're like, well, what kind of, you know, added on content? And I'm like, oh, we can do a commentary. So, yeah, that's true. A commentary would be so fun to do because there's such so much we could talk about. And there's they're they're huge. Like, I know that's like a huge draw for um, I just did one for um, a, an independent film. Um, I hosted it Uh for Girl Next um, from Craze House, um, Larry oh. Carell, or Larry Wade Carroll and um, Zep Daniel. Um, wow. So oh. um, yeah, that's definitely, and they did that for the Blu-ray. It was really cool. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that is that is very true. We have a few like deleted scenes and then we have interviews with myself and Danny and that's Luke. funny. Yeah, I would, I would think. So yes, I think we've been so focused on... Um, the streaming, but yeah, thank you for bringing that up because yes, I really would like to have a DVD and Blu-ray out. I, um, I can buy it. <laughs> all right. Well, good. All right. Well, there you go. But you got to yeah. sign it, but you got to sign right. it. <laughs> oh, sure. Happy to. Um, yeah. So, so yes, I think ultimately we will, um, we will get one out. Awesome. The movie borders horror just a little bit, you know, um, because yeah. I know like, like I'm the community that like I'm in online or whatever, like most people are just straight up into horror, right. um, you know? And so everybody's always asking me, is it horror? And I'm like, right. it it does have the horror elements, you know, but like, I mean, psychological like horror. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're like a, if you're looking for like evil dead, no, you know, but like, horror, right. Yeah. No, yeah, but like, you know, it, it does. Like, I remember when we first started submitting to film festivals, I was like, God, are we going to, are we going to be disqualified? And from some, we were, we got back, you know, you're not horror enough, but for the most part, we got into a lot of really big horror festivals. And I was like, wow. Was it and, night, nightmare film? Nightmare. Yeah. Film? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the one that my friends of the day. Oh, okay. I, that was one of the few I wasn't at. Oh. And I was, I, I was, I was in Brussels, I think we were at the Brussels, which is a huge horror, horror festival. And then we were in, London at Fright Fest, one of the big biggest in the you know in the world, and then um, Austin in their sidebar for for horror. So yeah, so yeah, a night of horror in Australia. Yeah, so we played a lot of you know famous both all these festivals. Like I I kept researching. I did so much research on festivals, top horror festivals in the world, and we submitted. We didn't get into all, of course, but we got into a lot. I got to, I traveled. Boy, did I travel the world last year. Yeah, Isn't that cool? Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Just to get to watch people screen your film. Like I've yeah. done like 48 hour film projects. They're terrible. But um, but yeah, it's, it's thrilling. Really cool just to see people like, you know, just laugh at the moments that you want them to laugh at or cringe at the moments you want them to cringe at. Like it's just a cool experience to see like your life like 
what yeah. you put so much time into, you know, and it, it is, it is. I'm better at talking to people after I'm, I can't really watch my own movie. I have a hard time watching it with an audience. Yeah, um, I do. I know. I, uh, which I wish I would, I don't think I'll get over it. You know, yeah. that's, it's unfortunate because I, I know that's such a fun part of it, but no, I can't. I, I sit there and I pull the movie apart and I, I can't help but think, oh, people hate it. So it's very hard for me to enjoy the movie <laughs> watching it live, which is too bad. I know I'm not, I think, I, I think there's, it's probably like 50, 50. I I've met other filmmakers like, oh God, no, I can't watch the movie. Plus then I, I would have, I've seen it so much in the edit, like hundreds of times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just even checking the cuts and, oh, it's like, oh my gosh, you see the movie so many times, but I will say the very first screening and Danny was with me for this screening was in Portugal at a, it was like the 47th year of, it's called Fanasporto, a really big horror festival in Portugal. And it was at this gorgeous theater. Um, we were like a Saturday night at 9 p.m. or so, a really great screening time. And we introduced the film and then we ended up just like whoop, sitting towards the very front, like not the first five rows, but like right there. So the whole audience was packed and mostly behind us. I enjoyed the movie because I couldn't watch people. I couldn't say, oh, no, they're not. You know, I had to just so I only heard. And I, I so to me, that was the key. So if ever I watch a movie, I can't I have to watch it where I'm not looking to to try to get other people. Are doing, yeah, <laughs> um, she actually hated it. And she wanted to kill me because she's like, here I am watching me watching the movie and they're now watching her, me and the movie to get. And so it was a very strange thing for her. It wasn't a good, because <laughs> she's in the movie and she's sitting there watching herself. So it was, yeah. So it's like, okay, well in the future we won't sit together, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's a strange thing. Something you spent so much time working on and, and putting your heart and soul into. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a pretty vulnerable feeling um, yeah do you have any fun like bloopers that happened or outtakes oh good question oh my gosh I'm sure there were so many but holy goodness like we it's been a couple years because we actually held the film back we almost did festivals in 21 but then with COVID and festivals are all streaming virtually our producer reps are like you know let's just wait um Oh my gosh. I know there was, you know, the cat caused quite a bit of issue. You know, he was sick um, and, and almost get escaping at all times. And, um, you know, the outhouse, gosh, I'm just trying to think what, I, you know, it's crazy. I can't really think of a really funny moment. I know. Didn't anything know, freaky happen on set? I like to ask that question when. <laughs> um, you know, Not really. I know the first day of filming got a little bit crazy because of of weather that came in late the night before. We were supposed to be filming in the park, um, which was such a great way to introduce everyone. And and because a storm was coming in, we had to shoot inside. And the only set that was ready that the art department could have ready was the bedroom. And so we had to do that scene first up on day one. So that was not not what we were prepared for but it was actually you know great um I mean you know shooting in New York is always a little challenging we 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 had a hell of a time finding a location to shoot the very first scene of the movie which is not a difficult location but we ended up having to go all the way out to Staten Island which if you're from New York you're like oh my gosh Staten Island <laughs> not an easy place to get to but um you know so that was oh you know I mean we stole a bunch of, you know, like shooting on the New York subway, you know, during rush hour. Like that was probably one of those crazy things we did. We we did not have permission to do that. No, so, no, no. That's incredibly expensive. So it was, you know, myself and Danny, because she was the actor in the scene. And then the uh, cameraman, our sound, our script supervisor, like we had maybe a crew of like 10 or 12 of us and we just had to kind of all spread out but the people of New York City knew what we were doing <laughs> and they were incredibly gracious like a couple of times we had to even ask people could would you mind 
moving your seat because we, you know, they would have been two features. So we put like our script supervisor next to Danny in a, in a shot, but that was pretty crazy because we could have gotten in some serious trouble <laughs> filming on a moving subway without, you know, without permission. Um, but that's guerrilla filmmaking, you know, worked out. <laughs> yeah, it all, I know. And I, I really, I'm so glad we did that because I really like, you know, it's a quick moment, but I think it's important because you, you do get a sense that everywhere you go in today's world, you are being watched. Oh my God, Milo. <laughs> He's squeaking. Mr. Squeakers. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. So yeah. And even shooting outside of Penn station, you know, and on the Staten Island ferry. Yeah. Lots of, you know, just even just dealing with extras and yeah, it was That's really um, cool. I love hearing when, you know, filmmakers go the gorilla route because I think that sometimes when you get some of the most, you know, scenes that you're really proud of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and our DP is a guy named Luke Geisbuehler who shot the Borat movies. So. Oh, wow. If anybody is not afraid to steal shots and do some pretty crazy stuff, it's Luke. So when I was like, Luke, you think we can, you know, shoot on the, on the Met Metro line heading up to, he's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know? That's um, cool. Yeah. And he actually wasn't with us the day we shot on the subway. A guy named Mike Sita um shot shot those scenes. He was our gaffer, um, who's also a camera, you know, DP. So yeah, so that was fun. Uh, it was nerve-wracking because you're like, but it was only one actor. It might have been too challenging, you know, to have and Danny, who's also a producer on the film, and she wrote it, we're like, ah, we get kicked <laughs> out, you know. I don't know. We, we wouldn't have done that with Mark Moses. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack and score was actually really good. Oh, Alexander did such a wonderful job. He is just on fire. This um, composer. He's, he does so many movies. Um, yeah. I had so much fun working with him. Um, I listened to some of, music that he'd done for I watched another one of his films and then you know we just had a great conversation and um it was a very collaborative process with him you know we spotted the film together so it's kind of when you go through and and you talk about the ins and outs of where each piece of music would start and end and what you're looking for in that moment and and yeah and he brought it you know um and we talked about a couple of movies um, that I really loved the way the score worked in those films. Um, not, you know, just as a reference, because, you know, it was the first time we worked together and as a shorthand for how I like music to kind of come in or also how, how it ends in a moment. Cause I really like abrupt ending to music where suddenly it's building then it bam and it's done. And then yeah. there's that quiet. Um, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Like it was effective, like when it needed to be like when they're in the barn and like the lights go out and then right. you know, with the clown face, you know, yeah. the decision making, yeah. like it all just like it really it flowed. It almost felt like an episode of like Black Mirror a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard that. I just watched the new. I'm like, damn, I wish I'd had this film out because boy, would I love to direct an episode of Black Mirror. Right. Um, I just watched the new season. It's pretty good. Yeah, I finished I it too. Did you have a favorite? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I really like the first one. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I kind of watched them. Which, did you have a favorite? I did. Um, I really liked the first three. The last two weren't my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um I really liked Beyond the Sea with Aaron Paul and Josh Harnett. Yeah, yes, that like, was really good. And then my second favorite was Lock Henry because like I'm a Netflix documentary chick. So like it just that hit. And then Joan is awful. I thought it was cheeky and meta. Yeah. And it has, like, yeah. So like Beyond the Sea had the heart that I was looking for. Lock yeah. the guilty pleasure in me and then uh the first yeah, yeah I I definitely need to watch them again I was I was in Victoria British Columbia filming so I would watch them at night when I was kind of half falling asleep because I just wanted to like have a have a moment um so yeah I definitely have to watch them all again but I was 
quite happy, especially, I would agree with you, those first three. Yeah, the, they went more for the horror in the last two. Yeah. And yeah, uh, well done. But yeah. just, I didn't, I yeah, I, I yeah, I liked, they, they, I liked the more Black Mirror feeling of the first three, which felt more on point for that series, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that's cool that you watched that too. I love that. Like, oh, like, definitely. And there's been other. I'm trying to think. What was the other? Another company on a different channel tried to come up with something similar. It's never quite hit the other. Like, oh well, I can't. Well, I know it. Jordan Pill redid the Twilight Zone. I actually really liked the first season of that. I didn't watch the. Oh, second. you know, I haven't seen that. I have to see that. But, well, like it's like hit or miss, but like they nail the ending in the first season. Um, mm. The last episode. I love Jordan Peele can do no wrong in my opinion. I love him. I yeah, like he him, Ari Aster, and Robert Eggers have been like the three that are like the most debated about. And I just watched Bo is Afraid yesterday. Oh, and I've heard such mixed. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't. Like, I mean, there's and I've heard people hate it. Like, like I don't I hate it, it, but there's like a whole hour I would just want to fast forward through because it's three oh. hours. But like the moments that are good are really And that's Eggers? Is that no, Aster. Aster, right. But Robert Eggers, I wasn't, and I might get killed for it, but I, what was his... his The Witch? The no, Lion. I really liked... I, oh, see, I really liked The Witch. What was his next one? The Northman. What, did, what came between those? Those are the first three. Wait, The Witch? The Witch is the first, and then The Lighthouse, and then The Northman. Oh, The Lighthouse. Oh, then I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm confused. Maybe it's Aster. Uh, Aster is Hereditary, Midsummer, and Bo is a friend. Oh, it's him. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Midsummer. Did you love Midsummer? I love Florence Pugh, and I think it's a great, um, I, I probably She was amazing. Her. No, the, the performances <laughs> were tremendous. The first hour of that movie, I was like, Oh my god, this movie is amazing! And then it just for me, it went. Cinematography off is great. Yeah. Um, I think like, I think a lot of people get lost. Like, I'm not saying that you did or whatever. I yeah, don't, yeah. You know, um, but I think from the complaints that I've seen, a lot of people get lost, like with the bear suit, and um, you know, it being compared to the Wicker Man a little bit. Um, for yeah. me, it was more so about um, the emotional manipulation that began at the beginning of the film mm -hmm. and in the way that it was carried and how they were able to, you know, take this damaged person who is just, you know, I was able to look at it in that aspect. I don't know, but I also watched it like 30 times. So. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. I watched it once at a, in the theater. Um, yeah. Well, yeah I just not like 30 times, but I podcast yeah, no, I know what you're podcast, saying. Yeah. So, like when you have to watch it for like a podcast and you're breaking down your review, like, I think that helps you like get more in depth with some of the things like we did an episode um, called second chances to where we watched movies that we didn't like the first go around and we were only seen one time. Wow. Okay. Um, on another podcast that I do. Um, we did the movie that I picked. Um, was it follows? I Wait, it follows. You didn't like the first time around. Did you like it the second? No, no, I don't like, but it was, it was good for me because I was able to hear others, you know, um, because it's a, I've, it's five girls on a podcast called Sloan Party Massacre. And so we really deep dive into these films. Wow. And so it was really um, because it didn't hit for me, but like it hit for others, you know, and it just, yeah, and that's the, you that's know, okay. like yeah, that's like, into why, like, because I'm right. just sitting here watching and I'm like, okay so they just went and had sex with a hooker and like that's gross and like I just like I'm looking at it through like maybe yeah. not the right lens that I should be and yeah. you know and or that was the intent or whatever so it was really nice to see them do it It still doesn't do anything for me but um it's cool that that's you know true. yeah that's um, interesting yeah and that just goes to show and that's why we you know as a filmmaker also you have to remember that it's subjective right so you know, you can kind of like get some really good reviews and then suddenly you get like two that are just like brutal and you just have to remember and like, that's okay. That if, at least they're not all negative, you know, like you have right. to, it's so subjective and right. And that's, you know, anything that's not everybody's going to love everything. No. And, and anything that's artistic and that, you know, whether it's a painting or a poem or anything that is for the viewer 
to decide on the meaning, there's going to be many different ideas about it. So yeah. So that sounds like a fun podcast to listen to. It is. Um, it's, uh, it's a three act. So like the first act, um, we tell stories. So like the last one was run-ins with authority. Um, so told that story. Um, and then because it's like all in the theme of like a slumber party. So, and then, and you still do it. It's called slumber party massacre. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm putting it on my must listen to. It's a bit, it can be a bit raunchy. So like, that's okay. Okay. So, um, and we get really personal on this. So, um, yeah, everybody, there's probably nothing left to know about me if you listen to that podcast, <laughs> but uh, I have some pretty wild stories. Um, wow. but, and then we do, and then we play a game. Um, oh. so the last one we played, um, I mean, we've done like the, have you never have I ever's, but the last game that we played, um, they range. So, um, for the last episode we did was, um, Oh God. Uh, name that horror movie song um, from the horror movie, like name that tune. Ooh. So um, we picked songs from horror movies and they had to name what horror oh, movie came from. And then the third or the second act. Um, so that's girl talk. And then the second act is called pillow fight. And um, we debate. Um, so uh, the last one we did was sequels that jumped the shark. So we all chose a movie where sequels jump the shark um mm-hmm. whether it was either good or bad you know that's what right. we did so um i picked cabin fever too <laughs> oh, um okay. so okay. yeah I, the, and just because it jumped the shark doesn't mean you don't like it so mm-hmm. it makes an interesting conversation and then our yeah. feature presentation was deep lucy but <laughs> to go with right. the shark theme but yeah right so, right that just came out today so Oh, neat. All right. Yeah. So, and we've done about 28 episodes of those. So, oh, nice. That's yeah. Do you all get together or you do them like this on Zoom? Um, We do it like this. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, we do it once a month. Um, So, this is our third year doing it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause, awesome. Cause they're like, they're kind of long podcasts. So, but you get so much content into yeah. an episode that, you know, it kind of makes up for not releasing weekly. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, but you also have, you said you have other, um, things coming up. Um, what are you working on? Well, you know, I'm really excited. As soon as I get off this podcast, I'm, I'm getting back to some writing. So I was over Thanksgiving. I got a bug. It wasn't COVID, but I was in bed for like three days. Uh, missed Thanksgiving completely. I was supposed to go to my family. I was like, called up that morning. I said, I'm not coming. I have like a fever and I'm sick. I, I started listening to a book on Audible um, called And Then She Vanished by a British author named Nick Jones. And like an hour into the book, I'm listening in bed. I'm like, oh my God, I have to make this into a movie. So I like pause and I go to check to make sure it hasn't already been made into a movie and it hasn't. And I'm like, oh, and there's four books out. So for the next like two days, I, I'm just like, I'll just spend two days in bed because I'm sick anyway. And I listened to the whole book and then I listened to the second book and I listened to all four and I'm like, I'm reaching out to this novelist. So I found him on Instagram and I messaged him and I'm like, I'll never hear back. And I kept checking and nothing, nothing, nothing. A week later I hear back and he's like, Oh, cool. Yeah. I'd be happy to discuss. So then got on zoom and now we're collaborating and adapting his first book it's a series of seven and they're sci-fi um time travel wow books but really character driven um that's amazing oh it's yeah so i'm so excited so yeah so we've been you know we zoom and he's in, and then and then she vanished and then she vanished listen to it it's a great book I'm ready. And to, I have like seven audible credits right now. So. Oh, and then she vanished. And then you'll use four right away because it's a four part. There's four books out right now. And the, the guy, the narrator is terrific. Um, Yeah. If you listen to it, let me know what you think. But I, I think will. Yeah. you will listen to it and it plays like a movie. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I always wanted to write to make movies. So oh. he wrote it with a dream of turning it into a movie and he's he's terrific to collaborate with so that's I'm very excited that's a bigger budget yeah I need to cast that well because it's a franchise um and then I also another British writer um very genre very horror it's called um um it walks among us and it's it's kind of a 
monster. Is that a, oh God, is that like a werewolf? No, no, it's kind of not a shapeshifter, but so it's never been done. It's a, it's a brand new script. And the interesting thing about that Is one, it a novel? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, straight, straight. No, it sounded like something I'd read, so. Okay, yeah, no, <laughs> I wish. Werewolf, novels, but yeah. Make, make films pretty hot. But yeah, and uh, the nice thing about that one is that I'm teaming up with a really cool producer who did one of my favorite movies, Hard Candy. You oh, yes, with uh, yeah, so. Elliot Page. Elliot and, Page yeah. um, yes, that movie, and Patrick Wilson, that movie. Yes. It's, it's dark. <laughs> it is dark, but it's so good. Yeah, so when I was like, oh my God, he produced that movie. It, um, we both found the script at about the same time I'd been speaking to the writer, Will, and I, I pretty much sold him on my idea and that I was the director for this movie so that <laughs> when this producer got involved, you know, he introduced us. And so now we partnered and that one's basically we've been polishing and 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 Will has been great about taking notes and it's now ready. So now we're trying to get some commitments to it. And and the really interesting thing about it is that the lead, the protagonist of the film just happens to be transgender. She's 15, 16. And um, it's really interesting because, it, it, you know, it's it's like basically like, what would you do if, you know, your sister came home from the hospital after being in a coma and she wasn't your sister? And that's basically the film. It's a, 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 a creature has taken over her. And yeah, and it's like this battle of wills and how, nobody's going to believe you. And um, yeah, it's really good. Really interesting. I'm really excited about it. So we're hoping to get some cast attached. It's very hard right now because there's a the writer's strike. Yeah. So we really can't. There's not much we can do with it right now. We kind of have to wait until that that is resolved and SAG might be joining and I I support the I support them because it all trickles down and so I'm a hundred percent behind them. So we'll see what happens. Like you can't negotiate with streamers or any any company is basically involved. So you know could you if you had a friend who was an actor, sure you could probably show show it to them, but you can't there's no discussions really because everyone's waiting to see what's going to happen, which I think it'll hopefully resolve soon. <laughs> so yeah, it's been going on for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. Over what a month and a half, two months. Yeah. And if SAG joins, well, which could be both good and bad, you know, so we'll see. Yeah. The, the, hopefully it'll help filmmakers because I'll tell you, it's really not a lucrative, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's not, it's, yeah, they, the streamers need to do a little bit of a better job in, in being fair, in right. my opinion. I agree. I agree. I yeah. have a friend who, um, he does lighting and sound. Oh, sure. Or, yep. um, he just uh, sent me a Lifetime movie that he worked on. He was like, have you watched this one yet? He's like, um, I said, because I watch a lot of Lifetime. I'm one of those, like, during Christmas, I have to watch. Ah, yeah. Free cheesy sure this movie ad alive like it's just yeah guilty pleasures but um so he worked but i also watched lifetime movies ridiculous regardless so just, yeah. i like movie of the week mondays were like my favorite but oh, I, was, yeah. So, yeah, I used to watch a lot of those with my mom yeah it's just like nostalgic for me so i'll throw sure. one on and, I, like, <laughs> I hear you. like have you watched this i worked on it and i was like no i haven't seen that one yet but oh, um, i asked yeah. him if he's working on anything now and he goes no unfortunately for the writer's until the writer's strike is done, I can't do anything else. So, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's it's so uh, it really does trickle down, you know. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. I mean, I I do a nonfiction, a travel series. So that is unscripted. It's you know, um yeah. so that hasn't been impacted. So thank God. I that's what I was working on in Victoria. Um that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's fun. What, kind of, what is it exactly? It's called Samantha Brown's Places to Love. And she's a well-known travel host and she's fabulous, really talented, great, you know, great at improv. And we travel the world figuring out what, you know, why you should go and who, you know, and, and it's about the people that make a place great. So it's really traveling is my great passion, movies and travel. So where would you recommend to travel to? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I, I have to say, I, I fell in love with Victoria, uh, yeah. Vancouver Island, stunning. And it's, I would say like, normally I would say um, 
the northwest coast of Ireland and New Zealand. <laughs> Both of those <laughs> yeah. are pretty far. So now I can say Victoria Island. Oh, that's yeah, Vancouver awesome. Island, rather. So, you know, you just have to, you know, get to Vancouver and then you can take a ferry or you can even take a ferry from Seattle. And it's just stunning. There's, I, I mean, we wrapped filming and I spent a couple of days hiking uh, just on my own. I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm, so I rented a car and just drove up and did some amazing hiking. And then there's wine country up there. So I brought home some wine and oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you it a was, white or red wine? You know, I like all wines except for sweet wines. There you go. <laughs> I tend to drink more red, but I do like a good white. Yeah. As long as it's dry, <laughs> especially in the summer. So. <laughs> Um, well, I have just two more questions for okay. you. Uh, where can uh, my listeners find out what upcoming projects you have? So I guess to follow me, yeah, <laughs> follow her, but follow me. Yes. Um, um, so uh, they can fo follow me on Instagram. My production company is Dolger Films. So it's just at Dolger, D-O-L-G-E-R Films. And on Twitter, it's just my name, at Sylvia Kaminer. You know, and they can find me on IMDb you know, and then and follow the film. It's at follow her film. Pretty easy. Um, I found yeah. you. <laughs> What's that? That's how I found you. I was like, That's right. like yeah. I know, like for me, Twitter is so important. Like, I mean, I get PR companies that, you know, send me like, Hey, do you want to do this interview? Blah, blah, blah. But like, I feel like it's something special when I really enjoy a movie. So where I can go onto Twitter and just follow the film and get the filmmakers like right away. Like it's been a while since I've done this. So like um, I, I was super excited you responded. Um, so I think it's very important that, you know, for these independent films that they do have their pages to where you can follow the film. And, you know, agree. It's, it's important. It is. It, it's challenging because, you know, before I started this movie, I had very little experience at doing Twitter and Instagram. And I don't know that I don't know that I'm particularly good at it, but I'm getting better at it. And I respond to everybody because I'm like, that's part of my job. Like, you know, I value people like you, you know, first off, because you're helping to get the word out. So you're incredibly important. And I think filmmakers that are like, I'm not going to be on Twitter, you know, or I'm no, you know, I'm a filmmaker, you know, or an actor, you know, I'm like, well, you're missing opportunities and, you know, especially I mean, just, in the independent yeah. community. Totally. Yeah. I'm just getting started. Like, you know, I've been in the business a long time, but as a director, you know, for fiction. So, and it's kind of fun. Like that was great here and getting a message from like, Oh, cool. You know, <laughs> and I, you know, sometimes things like that make me realize like I can also reach out to, to people like I wouldn't be writing that and then she vanished the novel if i hadn't been working on doing instagram and thank god he could look at my instagram and say oh she did a movie That's and nice. she she has oh she's won some award you know otherwise he would have been like who is she she you know he might not have responded you know um we yeah. love to connect and if you're not there to connect then what are you really doing in life you know right you do um, yeah and and you know people use it for different reasons and I'm I tend to be a very private person so I I tend not to put a lot of personal stuff out there but then I'm like oh my god I can't just be selling my movies you know so I am trying to figure out a balance for share that share like a funny meme yeah, yeah. that's true Thanks. yeah yeah, yeah. and I'm I trying to share more travel photos and stuff yeah like see I don't like to well I mean I talk about my personal life on my podcast but like but on my page to where right. you know is heavily accessible yeah. like it's more just yeah. I post what movies I'm watching you know right. um so but I mean that kind of coincides with the podcast but yeah yeah and I, I yeah I try to do that too and my dog <laughs> my cats are you know I, I yeah I They're do famous they they could they could Milo and Ziggy could be stars because the way they play patty cake and they do some crazy stuff <laughs> Post so, them. Like people love nothing more than I know. Them. Well, I've done it's some personal. funny ones. Yeah. Yeah. I've done funny ones with Milo and Ziggy. Yeah. They're they're yeah. So I have to do more of that. Yeah. So like you don't have to like be like, hey, I'm having a rough day kind of thing, you know. Oh, no, I know. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> look at my cute cat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> cat videos are probably the most popular thing on social right. media. They blow <laughs> dogs away. Although I do like 
What do you mean now? <laughs> That's right. Oh, right. You're a dog person. I didn't mean that. I am. I mean, my dog. Some of the funniest <laughs> animal videos I've ever seen in my life are cats ruling dogs, you know, where you see a huge dog, he's trying to come up the stairs and the cat's on the top of the stairs and he's like slinking up the stairs. And there's just <laughs> such funny, I've seen such funny. Yeah. And <laughs> animals mixing breeds, you know, cats cuddling with, you know, mice and right. <laughs> lately. And what is it with otters? They're everywhere. I get all these. I oh, I, I don't know. Maybe somehow I mentioned the word otter and I keep getting all these videos of adorable otters. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're <laughs> having a <moment."> fruition. <laughs> yeah. You know, but. All right. My last question for you okay. is everybody that guests on the show. Okay. Um, so. It might take you a second, and that's fine. I ask everybody to recommend me a movie. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be horror. It can be anything that you think I might not have seen. Hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see. So I know you're a horror fan, so you've probably seen... You know, some, yeah. So if I mention a couple and you've seen them, will you say, and then I'll, I'll mention something sure. else. Sure. I'm sure, you know, one of my favorites, big Hollywood movies, horror films from last year was the black phone. I'm sure you've seen it. That's actually, we're covering that next on uh, our next episode of slumber party. Oh, did you, did you not like it? I love it. Oh, okay. I love it. Um, he is fantastic. He also wrote, um, he wrote this other book. I like, I think it should be made into a movie. I hope that. It oh, what, what's it called? Although uh, he's probably too big for me to be able to get. But... Heart-shaped box. Like it's wow. a ghost story and it is so good. And um, he also did Horns and with Daniel Radcliffe. Mm. Have you seen that one? I have. I, 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 yeah. Like I don't read a lot of Stephen King, but oh I'll God. read Joe Hill. And um, I just want to write down a hardship. Heart shaped box. I'm heart gonna, gonna box. read it. Yeah, he's great. So anyway, you saw that, but yeah, I, that was probably my favorite Hollywood horror film. It felt nostalgic. I'm like, I'm in a horror movie, and it's feeling nostalgic. And it I thought it like was, Stand by Me vibes. Yes, yes. I, I just, it, I was like, oh my god, this is such an enjoyable yeah. movie. Okay, so all right, so we 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 see eye to eye. Well. I'm going to just throw you out there then. Some of my favorite movies are Italian neorealist films. Like from that is my weak spot. I haven't seen like a lot of Jalla or. Well, and these are, um, yeah, they're very dramatic films. Like they're not hard. um, You know, it's a crazy one. And it's a female filmmaker. um, Seven Beauties. It's out there. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's with Giancarlo Giannini, one of the great, he's kind of the working man's Marcello Mastroianni. He's phenomenal. And this film is basically three different movies. It Part of it takes place during World War II. It, I cannot wait for you to watch this and you have to reach out to me. And I, tell will, me I will, I will. And I would recommend, if you don't mind reading subtitles. I don't, nope. Watch it because their performances are so brilliant. And the crazy thing is, this is one of my favorite movies. And and it's it, I watched it probably when I was early into the business. I, I got to see it on the big screen, which was very impactful. I was in my 20s. And um, yeah, it's just, it takes you on such a ride. And, and so there's a, an actress in this movie. She's American, but you wouldn't know. Well, she's from Ger- of German descent and she... She plays the Nazi prison guard and you, she has very memorable scenes in the movie. And John Gallagher, the filmmaker who introduced me to Danny, we're we're like, we're like, her name is Shirley Stoller. She has passed away. We're like, we want to work with Shirley Stoller. We found her in the phone book back when they had phone books and called her, took her for breakfast at her local diner and put her into a movie with us. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) that was when you could. Yeah. You're a hustler. Uh, I like that. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's nothing. I I dream big. Yeah. I love that. I I gave Mark Scorsese my business card when I was just starting in the business. Then I got on his movie age of innocence because I just pushed, pushed, pushed. I was a, 
a production assistant on that. Um, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I believe, you, know, you, you have to really want it. Yeah, you do. You do. And you have to be willing. You know, I probably work too much. I'm trying to, I, I need to have a better balance, you know, of taking time off, not always working and reading scripts and, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a demanding business, but yes. So great. Well, I think you can find that movie. Seven um, Beauties. Seven Beauties. And then, and then she vanished. And then she vanished. So I've given you two things. A, you a did, movie yeah. And an audible book. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I'll be curious. I will check. I will check. Yeah. I will. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for joining me. And Absolutely. Yeah, you are open invitation back anytime. Excellent. Well, thank you. And I'm going to listen to the slumber house, the slaughterhouse slumber slumber party massacre. Don't think less. Slumber of party me. massacre. Right. Don't think less of me when you. Do. Oh, stop! No, I won't. <laughs> I'm okay. telling you, there's there's some things that yeah. Anyways, um, but it's all in good fun. So of course, yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you. This was fun. Yes, and everybody, please check out. Go rent. Oh yes, um, go rent and buy. And if you like the movie, please review it. It's impossible to get you know people to. Usually, if you don't like the movie, yeah, you blast it. But if you like it, you know, really helps to get Amazon reviews and IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and you know, all that stuff for whatever reason somehow matters. I don't know how much, but. Oh, I think it does matter. I think it does. So yeah. word of mouth is huge and um, I'm I'm doing my part. So hopefully my listeners do theirs and go yeah. download the movie, uh, buy it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, thank you so much. Um, I'm so excited to those projects you have upcoming. I'm excited to see. I really hope we get a sequel to this. I'm curious. Fun. I, I didn't get my question answered, but. Um. Well, when we stop recording for the podcast, we can talk for another minute. Okay, perfect. All right, everybody. And I'm not going to tell you what she tells me. So uh, you'll have to stay tuned. But uh, thank you everyone for listening. And thank you, Sylvia. Thank you.